Give me more Halloween! More power! This is Bella Lugosi's Undead reviewing Halloween Horror Nights 2022. We gotta move fast for we're gonna get to all the haunted houses tonight. Uh, food first, then monsters. Monsters? <laughs> Guys, relax. None of this is real. You did not just get pizza fries on my jacket. I can't believe you actually enjoy this. I love this. <laughs> Seriously? Hey, not real. Okay, that's definitely not real. Summon your Scream Squad to Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bella Lugosi's Undead. I'm AJ. I'm Suki Ryan. And we are recording in person, oh my god. Woo, I'm touching AJ on his he... sweet, sweet shoulder. Yes, thank god for <laughs> clarifying where you were touching me, because otherwise it might be inappropriate. Uh... <laughs> We are coming to you live from Orlando. We have just spent the last two nights at Halloween Horror Nights 31 at Universal Studios Orlando. Mm -hmm. We had a great time. Yeah. Uh, we do this every year. We yeah. really have a lot of fun, you know, doing scary shit. Yeah. And <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights is definitely one that is nice and easy mm -hmm. to go check out every year. Uh, you may have already heard us talk about this event earlier in the year. We did cover it in our same episode as Satan's Slave. Yeah. But now that we've actually done the event, we want to kind of report back, tell you what's awesome, what's not, and what we think could be something they could use for the future. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and just jump straight into the actual houses. Uh, we have 10 houses this year. So we're going to go ahead and start with the... Or let's go start with the original IP houses. Okay. So they're the original houses, not the IP houses. Yeah. Uh, so first up... We're going to start with Spirits of the Coven. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a house that is about 1920s flapper witches. They are creepy. They are scary. Ryan, what were your impressions? Um, I really liked it. I liked that the story sort of comes in. They're sort of like luring you in with like illegal booze and a fun time with like cute ladies. And then all of a sudden they slowly start to get more and more witchy. Yes. Yeah. And then you start sort of in a... Uh, sort of a, a, a like a, a, a speakeasy and you slowly yeah. start to descend into like the depths and they get more and more like twisted and witchy to the point where there's finally like the witch queen down in the basement like yeah. killing and sacrificing like men <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> what I think is interesting is I went on the first weekend and it was a lot of fun mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it but I was mostly impressed by how well designed it was how they integrate in like the era and then I really like the idea of going deeper into like the hole the, yeah. the, the hovel that is where the witches live yeah but parts of the houses didn't work for me mm. they redid the sound and it's really obvious they redid the sound Good. like right out the gate the number one thing that I noticed was the password yeah like, <laughs> like line that line was not there as far as I could uh. tell from the first weekend and then they add another character there as well. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the house begins to come together a little bit more, feel a little bit more alive. Yeah. And also be more period specific. And right. that helps. So we even got caught in the middle of the cast change. Yeah. And it still was better, yeah. I think, every time we did it. So yeah. that's definitely a positive for any house. No, absolutely. Like, it was definitely a cast change because the, the story would have been all messed up because they had the older... the. Which is later in the story, earlier in the house, right? Yeah. So it was not the, like, young witches that slowly, like, were developing a nose, and then, mm -hmm. like, the fingers, and then... <laughs> yeah, so, uh, overall, like, Spirits of the Coven is a pretty fun house. We'll get yep. to our rankings later. But I would say that it surprised us a little bit, especially me coming off of that first weekend. I thought it was good, not great. 
and I can now say that I think it is actually a great house. Yeah, no, I liked it. I liked the little details, like we mentioned, the witch's brew on mm-hmm. the on the barrels, and then the sage. Yes, inside the, the... the burning of the sage was a very cool touch. I did not yeah. notice it. Ryan pointed out to me as we were going through the house. Yeah, that 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 was definitely a very interesting idea, especially because you think of sage as something that's like cleaning mm-hmm. the environment, versus in this case. It feels like you're using it for witchy powers. Yeah, for witchy powers. <laughs> All right. So that is Spirits of the Coven. Uh, that is uh, in Sound Stage 22. So let's go ahead and jump down to one of our Sprung Ten houses. Uh, bugs Eaten Alive. Yes. All right. So obviously you heard Ryan. Pretty excited. Uh, you are essentially attending an event at BuzzCon. They are showing off some new technology that will help expedite the speed at which bugs grow, and as a result, it doesn't allow them to have babies in time, and so it gets rid of the bugs for you. Uh, Obviously, things go terribly wrong. Ryan, (laughs) thoughts on Bugs Eaten Alive? Yeah, Bugs Eaten Alive honestly felt legitimately like a fallout shelter. Like, it was like an experiment that, like, went wrong. And Mm -hmm. I was, you know, looking at it, I was like, okay, we're going to get, like, bug puppets, which we had some bug puppets. There are definitely some bug puppets. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, really, like, the bug puppets were part of it. But the real thing was what they did with, like, the humans that were being, like, integrated by the Mm -hmm. bugs. Yes. And they were, like, taking over their minds, and they were going, like, mad because these bugs were, like, controlling them almost. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. I definitely love the fact that, the the first of all when you see the faces they're yeah. covered in like maggots and stuff yeah it was more clear this time out than the first weekend where I saw it this is another house that rose greatly for me because yeah. I liked it and didn't love it yeah uh, but this time around I I loved it but like every single time it was the house we did the most this weekend yeah it was so much uh, fun. Ryan had to skip out on one of those runs yeah. but we still nailed it four times yeah. like that's definitely great whenever you can do a house that often right and. Every single run just felt like it got better every time. Yeah. I would say the thing that you nail is the Fallout feel. Yeah. Like it's very much like the ni- 1950s future retroism yeah. that is a unique style unto itself. Yeah. And then you have like the homemaker, and mm-hmm. as soon as you walk in, and all of a sudden she gets attacked by the bugs. Yeah. And from there, it just keeps getting crazier. There's also a really cool effect mm-hmm. that I noticed throughout the house, and maybe they're going to add something else to it later, and I will check back in if this ends up being the case, but there are seemingly, like, big, long hallways that use mirrors that look like they go on forever into yeah. the dark. Yeah. And I thought that was a cool little thing in that pops up multiple times throughout the house. Yeah. I think it's one of those houses that's also really weirdly unique and creative in how they use the sprung tent Yeah, by allowing... This one feels maybe closer to something like the Hive, mm. except they find ways to make it feel bigger than that. Yeah. And that was one of the things that really stood out to me, is even though there's like a jokey feel at the beginning, and it's like, like ah shucks vibe, yeah. Yeah. it then quickly turns into a very dark, dangerous one. Yeah. And like you said, the human bug integrated creatures, yeah. especially once you hit the spider room, yeah. where the one guy's being controlled, and then you open the curtain, and the very next thing you see in that hallway is... A giant uh, fucking uh, spider. <laughs> well, there's also the, the half-human with the spider head popping yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did a really good job with stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, also, to your point about the puppets, I just felt like there were more puppets now than there were the last time oh, I did it, okay. and that's a huge positive as well. Absolutely. I mean, I just want to give out the, the character of that house that was the best is the, is the woman with the axe. And she's yes. like, let me cut him off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Towards, towards, like halfway through the house, or yeah. maybe towards the end. Yeah, she's a pretty great character. Yeah, I love that one. I really like the the cockroach monster. Yeah, uh, just because that is the creature that I am most scared of in the house. Yeah, I can deal with the maggots. I can yes. deal with the spiders. The cockroaches, especially being a Florida boy, palmetto <laughs> bugs are usually a step too far even for me because they fly and they're gross and disgusting. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like. Uh, I, I'm not particularly, like, have any sort of phobia towards bugs, but if I was, like, scared of bugs, like, this yeah. house would, like, sit with me. Yes. <laughs> and and I, I think that there was a lot of talk when bugs was being promoted yeah. that they wanted it to be a house that they, you couldn't finish yeah. if you were scared of bugs. I think they mostly accomplished that. Idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. They have you go through, like, a dark room where there's this, like, 
t- things touching you and the sound mm-hmm. of bugs. Yep. So it feels like there's bugs all around you and it's a completely dark room and the only light that comes in are from the rooms behind you and the rooms in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a very cool spot yeah. too. Alright, so that's Bugs Eating Alive and we'll definitely come back to that one and discuss it more. Uh, next one up is Fiesta de Chupacabra. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fiesta de Chupacabra takes place in a Mexican village. They're celebrating the the Chupacabra, the festival of the Chupacabra. Right. Uh, they're making blood sacrifices. The blood sacrifices are the tourists. Yeah. Uh, guess what? You're the tourists. <laughs> so that, out the gate, I do want to say is one of the things that I like the most about this house yeah. is that it is not... The, like the indigenous people of this town killing each other and right. sacrificing themselves right. is that you are the victim in this right. case and they're feeding you to the chupacabras right. and that I think is a one culturally sensitive but two it's also like a fun twist on what you would expect out of this house right absolutely yeah I really like that one too I like that they're doing different cultures and finding ways to do it in a way that's 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 like cool and interesting it feels inclusive yes. I think the other big thing that's helping is the characters are really into this one. Yeah. Uh, when you have the characters, when you're waiting in line to go into Chupacabra and you hear a shift change going on, the they're, they're like already in character yeah. and they're chanting as they're going in. Yeah. And it's clear that there's just a higher energy in this house yeah. than you might expect. And then that I feel that as you go through the house. Yeah. I think from the first character who's standing there, who's actually like a storyteller. Mm-hmm. All the way through the end, I think the puppets are awesome. I yeah. think the Chupacabra puppet is definitely not necessarily what I would have expected it to look like. No. But it's also still scary. I loved it. And, yeah, and I like the effects that they do throughout the house, mm-hmm. where they'll have, like, a whole set of, like, like almost like cages, like, rattling. Yeah. Or they'll have the lighting shine and you see like the shadow of a chupacabra up on the roof of a building or whatever right that's the other thing is when you first walk around that corner it looks like you're looking over a vista of a city of a little town yeah and that's just throughout this entire event this year the production design is so good at introducing you to different worlds and different worlds within the world in question like Mm -hmm. in this town you see the skyline, and then later in the house, you get a break, and you get to be in the plaza. It feels like these are real, tangible places, right? As opposed to just like fictional ones that they're right. creating. Absolutely, it's cool that they can do that. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so that's a uh, Fiesta de Chupacabra. Definitely uh, an exciting time this year. The next one up is Hellblock Horror. Uh, Brian, uh, what if a bunch of interdimensional <laughs> beings got thrown into jail? And things went haywire. Yeah. That's Hellblock Horror. What do you have to say about Hellblock Horror? Um, I kind of just wish they did just some sort of tribute house. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, the biggest thing is, like, putting it in a cell block. Like, they're literally all the creatures that have been in Halloween Horror Nights, like, as of recently. Like, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, and then they just basically threw, uh, like jail suits on them. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot of masks. <coughs> yeah. Which, you know, I, I can give and take sometimes. Sure. So from what I'm seeing, as far as, like, characters that are being cited, there's Hellblock guards, there's mm-hmm. vampires, which feel like they're straight out of the coven. Yeah, the coven. Or, that's not the coven, the hive. Yes. That's my bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the aliens, you pointed out that it feels like they're from the 1950s sci-fi. Right. Scare Zone from a few years ago. Zombies, an alien scientist, the Swamp Yeti, uh, the Tooth Fairy. I didn't, I didn't see, see the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, I didn't see the Tooth Fairy either. Me neither. But the problem that I have with this house is that, and I see why they might not have done this, but it needed more star power. It yeah. needed a bigger character or two. And you could say, well, you know, maybe Jack isn't captured in this prison. Yeah. Right? That I understand. You may not want to have him in the house, especially as you're trying to kind of reset things, change the tone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Introducing a big character like that late in the game, which this was one of the last houses we heard about, might have been disastrous Yeah, if incorrectly uh, introduced that late. However, at the same time, I, I just don't feel like there's enough dynamic characters in here. They just right. feel too, too plain. Yeah. And the, the thing is, they had a really interesting chance at doing something like... They didn't have to mm-hmm. call it, like, Cabin in the Woods, right? Exactly. But, like, they could have done something cool where it felt more like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and especially because we knew that there was a Cabin in the Woods house recently. Right. 
it would have been nice for it to be something more unique. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it, it felt flat. It felt like it wasn't as exciting as it could have been. Right. It felt like there could have been some gags in there. And right. I also understand, you know, the rumors obviously around the situation are that there was supposed to be an intellectual property house in Evil Dead Rises that was in this spot and they had to get rid of it and rebuild it in a month. Mm-hmm. And so I feel bad for creative if that is indeed the situation. That seems to be the case, though. They literally just threw old characters into a place, and then, like, the room to room, it looked exactly the same. Yeah. Like, there's literally, like, fences. That's the only thing that's different. There's different fences in each room. And that, that's <laughs> really... It's disappointing that that's the case. Yeah. And I just feel like almost they, like, they could have just done a little bit better job of this very house. Yeah. Frankly, that's what... You and I were discussing with Run at 25. Right. Run 25 feels like this house, except done to its full potential, where right. this house just falls flat. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that is something that is hard to overcome. Yeah. When looking at this year as a whole, is this house almost sinks the average of what yeah. I think is a very good event overall. Like, it's, yeah. This is, and it's nothing against the characters, because it feels like the characters are giving it their yeah. all. I just feel like there's just not enough on the bone here. This might be one of the worst houses I've ever done. Yeah, this is literally might be one of the worst houses. This might be the worst house I've ever done. Like, Which yeah, sucks because as, as a whole, like you said, like I'm, we're doing our rankings. I'm like, wow, I can't believe some of them are so low just because there's so many good ones. Right, exactly. It's like <laughs> some of these we're gonna be putting putting like our sevens and eights into yeah. our all time lists. This will be like this will be like this one might be ten every single year ever. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't know if there's many years where this would have been. Any higher than 10. Yeah. It's a, a tough break for that house. Sure. All right, let's move on to something very different. Uh, Dead Man's Pier, mm-hmm. Winter's Wake. This house, uh, yeah, Dead Man's Pier is Winter's Wake. It's set in a New England fishing village in, I believe it's 1931 on the sign. Mm. And a fog rolls into town. The ghosts are coming out. Here we are. Ryan, what did you think of Dead Man's Pier? Um, I liked it. I, I didn't find it particularly scary, but like mm-hmm. it was the first time I've ever been in a house ever where I just felt sad. Like it yeah. felt so like sad. Like not in a, not in like a oh this is sad like lame, but like sad right. like legitimately the emotion sad. You felt melancholy. Yeah, exactly. And there's like people playing, you know, the violin throughout the whole time. There's you know mm-hmm. this uh, overwhelming feeling of like death and loss. Throughout the entire house, and yep. this is probably one of the most immersive and like scene building house mm-hmm. that I've ever been in, really. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I am absolutely over the moon for this house because sure. I don't think I've ever seen a house that used its setting as effectively as this one. Right. I can't imagine anything being more immersive than this house. Between mm-hmm. when you walk in and you see the lighthouse for the first time, right? When you see the lighthouse continuously through the house uh, when you're walking up through the sheets mm-hmm. and it's raining on you and you feel the winds and gusts and it's yeah. cold. The reveal of the tugboat yeah. with the with the sailor at the end, she's mm-hmm. playing the violin. Yeah. It's just every single step of the whole house it just sucks you in. And it's true. You do feel that melancholy. Yeah. For me, it is just so indicative of what I try to tell people about this event. Oh, yeah. And what I try to tell about horror yeah. is... Horror can take many shapes and sizes. It doesn't yeah. always have to be the scariest thing in the right. world. Scary helps. It yeah. definitely does. But for me, it just... The feeling that this house gives me is the feeling I've only had a couple times in the history of HHN. Yeah. So I just can't shake that myself. Yeah, no, absolutely. The only one that was, like, might have been more... Like, not more, but similar was the the Gulch. Lightning, the Gu- Lightning Gulch yeah. was pretty similar. I would also put it in the same tier or something... Like dead waters. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like... <laughs> um, and, and when we're talking about any house in that tier, yeah. we're talking about one of the best houses of all time. Right. So the fact that we're t- we're putting it production wise in that tier, and it oh, might yeah. be even prettier than those houses. Oh, it's definitely the prettiest house I've ever been in. Yeah. So it's just it's crazy that yeah. they were able to pull it off. Yeah. So, yeah, that is Dead Man's Pier, crazy ambitious. Yeah. And. Gorgeous beyond all belief house. Yeah. All right. Uh, the last of our original houses this year is Descendants of Destruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is about a subway place after the apocalypse, and there are monsters and 
Cannibals. Cannibals and <laughs> mutants and plant monsters at the end. Uh, Ryan, what do you think of Descendants? Um, yeah, I thought, I liked the concept. I liked the, like, sort of mm-hmm. Mad Max feel. I really liked the the design and the details that were in it. Like there were like left behind pictures and like backpacks and like, yes, that was really cool. Like this was where humans were, right? Yeah. So, it, what I think is so interesting is that this again, this is in a sprung tent mm-hmm. towards the back of the park, and there's one moment again where I just I, I wonder, like we're not. There's no way they're paying these production designers enough. Yeah. <laughs> where you leave one car, yeah. you go through a small little turnstile, and you get attacked by a bunch of monsters, mm-hmm. and then when you make the turn, you go underneath other cars, but somehow they're, like, suspended in the air above you, Yeah. and the, the car keeps going far beyond yeah. where you walk, and you can see that it's going that direction. I don't understand how they add that much depth of field to that house. Yeah. Because it is still is... a pop tent. Yeah. It's like, probably like what, like eighteen feet high, maybe twenty four. And it feels the scene feels so much bigger than yeah, that. Yeah, and you're walking underneath the wreckage of a, yeah uh, of a train. Yeah. Like it is truly remarkable how they were able to make that work. And it, again, very immersive. I love that it uses a lot of smells. Yes, especially when you walk into the meat cannibal room. Yes, yes, that's uh, a great one. I like that. There's also a nice variation among the characters throughout the house. Sure. Because it could have been really easy to just do people in ghillie suits right. jumping out. Right. They're survivors of the apocalypse. It's great. Right. And then by the end of the house, you've got a completely different thing going yeah. on with day glow and, sure. and, oh, and bioluminescence. Cool. Yeah, the bioluminescence is really cool. I the the one piece I didn't really like is the mutants though. Like mm-hmm. I was like I was like the mutants they didn't really have any sort of like like it would have been cooler if they were like human mutants. But these were, like, alien, almost, like, mutants. Like, they were so grotesque yeah. and strange. Yeah. It, it, I mean, we do know that it, it has something to do with alien invasion oh, and okay. part of the apocalypse. But I will say that this is a house that I don't really feel a lot of the background story on display in this one. No. Like, I do with some of the other houses this right. year's event. And so because of that, like, I understand what this conceptually is. Sure. But I don't know if I see the individual story beats yeah. that are being told on in this house. <coughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, it does drop my ranking a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into the IP houses, the big four this year. We let's go ahead and kick it off with Universal Monsters Legends Collide, starring the Wolfman, Dracula, and our good old friend the Mummy. <laughs> Ryan, what did you think of this house? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was really cool. Um, luckily, AJ was able to tell me the story so that it made like sense before I went in. Yeah. The, I think the problem with the line on that one is that it tells you right as you're walking in, mm-hmm. but it's not on a continuous loop, probably because people don't want to hear it a thousand times. But there wasn't yeah. enough time to hear it. <laughs> you know, I think back to when, and it's so weird this is the second time I'm bringing up this particular house, sure. but Run 25... Mm-hmm. Because of where the queue is located, and they had projectors playing commercials for all the different creatures that you are going to see inside that house, by the time you got into the house, you understood the story of it. The problem with monsters, like Ryan said, is we do not get that story basically at all, especially during the day. The first time we did it, like, we were able... They weren't even running the projector. They weren't even running a projector yet. And so there was not... They ran some audio... Yeah. But when you're in line, it's loud. Yeah. And it's hard to hear It is the right audio. next to the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> and so it just feels like there's like this cavalcade of issues yeah. that makes it really hard to hear the story of this house. Right. Which ultimately is, in case you have not been to the event yet and you're about to go, the Wolfman gets a letter saying, hey, I know you've got Wolfman disease. Yeah. <laughs> go to this place and get the this amulet of Amon-Ra... And when you get this amulet, you'll be able to fight back against the sun, mm-hmm. or against the full moon, yeah. and then you'll be able to just not be a werewolf. Right. So he's like, oh, cool, that's awesome, I'm going to go do that. And when he shows up, of course, the mummy is like, yo, we're going to raise the dead now and fight anybody who tries to steal our, our, our amulet. Our amulet. <laughs> and then Dracula is like, haha, I'm the one who wrote the letter, I used you as a distraction so I can get the amulet <laughs> and be a daywalker yeah. and be able to go out in the sun myself. And yeah. I'm like, okay... All of this is interesting story. Yeah. I wish I understood a second of it 
when I was walking through the house. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I get is that they summon the mummy. The mummies. Yeah. The rest of it feels like it's almost non-existent. Yeah. On the. They didn't make sense if you didn't hear the story. Why the werewolves there? Why Dracula's there? And it's an IP, and it's an IP house. Like, we want to know, we, like, we deserve story. <laughs> yeah, and especially because, like, Wolfman in particular is one of my personal favorite monsters. Sure. So it does feel like a pretty big letdown that the Wolfman has so little to do in this house other than pop out of some boo holes. Yeah. I will say, like, that opening sequence when you first walk in, it's cool to see an Egyptian ruin. Yeah. But the lack of characters in that area yeah. is startling. Yeah. Like, there should be, especially since there is the moon in the background. Yeah, it, should be, like, he should be at least in the background, right? He, he should maybe be up high, yeah. turning into the werewolf. Right. The same way that when you walked into Bride last right. year, you could see her trying to move the thing to off get, of. Yeah. But I've never, I mean, maybe that is the case, and I've just never seen it. Sure. But I've now done four runs of that house, and I've never seen that character. Yeah. So that speaks to inconsistency if it is there. Yeah. But I don't believe it is. Yeah. So that's my problem is I've just had wild inconsistency on this house where it's gone from I've been hit multiple times in the same house, in the same hallway, where it just feels like there's like nonstop monsters jumping out at me. And I've also gone to basically the end of the house yeah. and seen Dracula in the last three rooms. Yeah. And then there's just like Dracula wolf in with a head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, how is that possible? Yeah. That I ha- it, it's all over the place. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like this is a slightly missed opportunity. What makes it more frustrating is after I did the house on my first night, I have since watched the video of the one out in Hollywood, and it is a completely different house. Uh, They are not the same house, and so it really does... It feels like you're missing the second part. Yeah. Where the first house, the the first part of the story, is in Orlando, and is all about fighting inside the catacombs, inside the tombs, and the second part is back in London, when Dracula and Wolfman... Have brought all the artifacts back, and they're fighting amongst themselves. So it's set in London. That's awesome. Having those two completely different experiences is a little frustrating, and it, it, I'm happy for anybody who can do both. Yeah. But the fact that the rest of us are resigned to having to watch it on YouTube, yeah, by some random person who's recording it, yeah, that again tells me it's a failure of storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we probably went a little bit longer on this one, but I mean. I'm pretty passionate about the Universal yeah, Monsters. Yeah, usually if you're going to use the Universal Monsters, it needs to be good because it's 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 a legitimately great IP that you can, and we'll, we'll talk about it, but I think that two of the IPs in this house are, are sort of like originals. Exactly. Because they get to create their own story. They get to do their own thing. It's not like Ooh. Dracula, and like he's like... exactly right if they wanted to base it on something and just recreate they could have just done Son of Frankenstein and called it a day but they didn't do that they instead create their own narrative and when you choose to go that route you have to explain stuff and we don't let the other houses get off without telling us like their stories just because these are characters we know doesn't mean that it gets a pass. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, uh, the we next... transition into the next one that's an IP that's sort of like an original. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll talk about the next one is The Weekend After Hours Nightmare. Uh, this is, again, an IP that is basically an original idea, very loosely based on the music videos of the popular Weekend performer, uh, Abel. He is an awesome little rapper guy that I like very much. Vaporwave slash cocaine rap mm-hmm. is his shtick. And also, this house is kind of going inside of his mind. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of The Weeknd. Ryan, how did you feel at the house having not really been a fan of The Weeknd coming in? Yeah, I think I would have benefited from watching the uh, music videos because I'd never watched any of the music videos. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I got to watch some of them without sound is they were playing as we were waiting for... Which house is I think it was Spirit of the Coven, yeah. So I saw, like, two of them, which allowed me to, like, understand some of the stories that were going on, but mm-hmm. also, like, I really didn't need to know the stories. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and uh, just getting a little bit of explanation about what that album's sort of about, and him, like, losing his mind, and, like, mm-hmm. getting lost in, like, his, uh, in, like, fame and fortune, and, like, pleasing, like... Generally, it seems like these, like, rich people... <laughs> right, exactly. Like, um, was, like, interesting enough. And, like, I just think there's, like, interesting, like, um, 
sort of like the lizard people stuff is interesting mm-hmm. like and the uh the the sort of rich people that see him with like like losing his mind basically like the tongue out like you know what i mean and going kind of crazy like i really like this one this is probably like the deepest house i've ever been in so what i think is cool is that we were just fresh out with the story of of universal monsters right. in the weekend he's hooked up to a little machine there's a bunch of tvs playing different videos of stuff going on in his head yeah. and then you walk through the different videos yeah it does all that we need to know in ten seconds inside of one room <laughs> sure. with with a dummy versus like uh, other houses that are just missing that background, right? And then from there, yeah, like you said, it just takes off. And design wise, it's so unique. Yeah, uh, it's so bright and it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's just fun, fun, fun the through. whole way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even when you're like, oh, cool. And then there's also like the pop culture aspect of it yeah. all. Where you're walking through the Super Bowl yeah. performance, or you're walking through clubs that feel familiar. Yeah, it, there's a lot in this house that reminded me of Case Files last year. Yeah, a little bit. Where, like, when you're walking through the the Kitty Cat Club, yeah, and you see the performers on stage and they're mm-hmm. creepy looking. It's definitely present in this yeah, house. No, that, that same spirit. Yeah. And 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 imagery. So absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the more unique houses that we've ever had. Especially. Yeah. I've never done a musician-based house, yeah. unless you count House of a Thousand Corpses with Rob Zombie, sure. <laughs> but that is him as a director, not really him as a musician. Right. We had the Scare Zone a few years ago for his Hellbilly record, but, I mean, they're seriously not... They don't do it very often. Right. If this is the product they're going to release, then they're going to do it more often, because more musicians yeah. are going to trust them to tell weird, cool stories yeah. and bring in a fan base. Another cool thing is obviously that cue line. Yeah. Is a normal cue line, except everybody around us was singing the songs the whole yeah, time. Dancing, having a great time, the music is playing, like there's like a light show. <laughs> it, it is a very different vibe to a cue. It's than, probably the most fun line you can sit in. I would agree. <laughs> I would definitely agree. I mean, like, and again, this goes back to 25 when they would have all of those cue lines that would be playing all the stuff continuously. Yeah. It feels like something they've gone away from in recent yeah. years. And it just feels like a missed opportunity most of the time. In this case, like, even just the music was enough to sustain the crowd yeah. and add to the energy. Yeah, I feel like they, I mean, just the weekend, I feel like they should have, like, I don't know, like, DJs or something going on and queue lines. Like, why not make it a party? Like, do you know what I mean? Like- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, to a point, obviously, we don't want them to necessarily be taking away from the experience of the right. house. But if it's... If it makes sense, yeah, like do it, or at least go back to making the videos. The videos, something like something. Yeah. All right, so that is the weekend after hours nightmare. Let's go to a recurring house that has shown up several times. Sure. It's time for Halloween, nineteen seventy-eight, based on the John Carpenter film yeah. of the same name. Mm-hmm. One of the things about this house is that <coughs> even though there is the new trilogy is wrapping up, this is the OG Halloween. HHN 31. It would be weird if they did any of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. We go back to the beginning of it all. What was your opinion of this version of Halloween? Good. <laughs> right. I mean, frankly, the problem the problem here is yeah. that we've had Michael Myers at this event so many times recently. Yes. We may need a bit of a hiatus from him, yeah. which hurts me a lot because Michael Myers is like my favorite slasher, but we... Had him at 26. We had him at 28. Yeah. We had him this year. And we had him at 24 before I started coming. Yeah. So it's not like we've been hurting for him for yeah. any amount of time. They bring it's... him back all the time. And, and, the, and you know, the, the second... I mean, the, set, the, mo- the movie's great, but the second one is a better house. Like, Halloween 2 is a better house. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Because this is just a straight slasher. Like, this is, like, a great slasher movie. Like, the original's a great slasher movie. It's got interesting kills, but, mm-hmm. like, it's just a slasher. Whereas the other one, like, he freezes someone. Like, <laughs> he smashes their face. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say the other house is, I just had a better time. In yeah. The, especially Hell Comes to Haddonfield at yeah. 26. That is also one of my all-time favorite houses. Yeah. And this one felt... Like a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. Um, especially when you take into account that they're cutting entire scenes. Yeah. Like, not having the kill in the car. Yep. Like, that feels like yeah, a weird... Like, a, like an entire kill's gone. Yeah. <laughs> that um, would have been a, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, I, I do feel like there's some missed opportunities. 
The other thing, no Halloween 3 trick-or-treaters? Yeah. The hell's up with that? <laughs> uh, yeah. We love Halloween 3 yeah. on this podcast. We will always go to bat for it. Yep. So having it not be here was weird. Yeah. It just was very weird. Yeah. All right, so we're down to our last house this year, Ryan. It is Blumhouse Presents Freaky and the black phone. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of this iteration of the Blumhouse? Um, this is the best they've ever done with Blumhouse. I would agree. Yeah. I think it was great splitting it up because normally when they do a Blumhouse, they're sort of, they're sort of mashing it all together and it's like room to room mm-hmm. or they did like happy death day and you walk through happy death day, but then you walk directly into the purge and it wasn't like a transition. Yeah. It didn't really make sense. In yeah. Previous years. And, and this one, I, I, I go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Building it out of the Fast and Furious queue, yeah. I am curious to see how they do this going forward, if they're going to continue to use it. Because I agree with you, it's that, that half a second break as you move from from Freaky into Black Phone helps you reset in yeah. a way and get just, it feels like you're doing two houses instead of one. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Me too. Like, even though each segment is still small, yeah. it gives me enough of a... A feeling like I'm gonna real. I'm going into a different experience. Yes. A very fast reset, and yeah, I I dig the how they did this. Yeah, me too. And I really like that both movies are very very different, and they did had different feels. Like, yes. Freaky's like fun. It ends in the like warehouse. It ends with like a party. Yeah, the like, shoot that mf'er. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's like a lot of fun. You know what I mean? And Black Phone is like dark and like scary and like. Like, thrilling. Like, the fact that they almost say, I'm going to suck your dick. Yeah, I know. In the, in the freaky house. I thought he was going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to suck your... Uh. Yeah. Um, there is a character in the movie Freaky who is asking for drugs and offers to perform fellatio <laughs> on a character if they were to give them drugs. It doesn't happen in the movie. It doesn't happen in the house either. Just so we are clear. Clear? clear? We're clear. Yes, I think we're and, clear. There's no dick sucking in Freaky. <laughs> At least on, on camera. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so... Uh, the Blumhouse... Yeah, I would agree with you that the second half is stronger than the first half, right. too. I think that the Black Phone segment is surprisingly adept, yeah. considering that the entire movie takes place in a single room. Yeah. And, and, and Freaky has really cool kills, and they do a really good job of showing the kills. You feel like you're walking through the movie, which is cool. Yeah. And that's why you have the IP houses. And Black Phone did such a good job of melding the two. Mm-hmm. Like, and he had, like, all his weapons. He had, like, the axe. He had, like, the belt. He had, like... He, he has the balloons. He, he the has balloons. the chloroform. Exactly. all of the different... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I would agree with you about the freaky... It is a near-slavish devotion sure. to recreating all of the kills. Right. What's cool is that the kills are great. Yeah. And so... It's cool to watch a guy get hit in the dick with an axe. Yes. Like, <laughs> or, or the kid who's up against the wall who gets pulled through. Yes. I think that the real <coughs> negative for the house is that I think that the when they switch over to the Catherine Newton character, right. it is less scary than when yeah. you have the tall guys in yeah. the pseudo Jason homage yeah. playing the Vince Vaughn character. Yeah. Having like a like attractive young blonde woman in a red... Like, like a red leather jacket is not as scary as like yeah, something that looks like Jason. <laughs> exactly, and so uh, I think that does weaken the house a little bit. Sure. But ultimately, then you are thrown into Black Phone and you're feeling it anyway. So, yeah. uh, if you haven't seen either of these movies, I will both say, well, first of all, both of them are great. And the other thing is, uh, if you go through this house, you will get them spoiled. Yeah, that is like, true. Almost beat for beat. So that just is, be, be is, aware of that. That is true. We'll spoil the movie. They literally gave away the endings of both movies. Like. Yep. Yep, yep. So that is our breakdown of Blumhouse. So that's ten houses, Ryan. Yeah. Do we want to go through and rank them? Yeah, let me... I mean, the only thing I missed in, in Black Phone is right. I wish they would... Instead, they had him choking out the guy. Yeah. But I really wish it would have been this step-back hit. Uh, that's fair. That would have been a much better scene to show yep. than the choking him out. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, so. All right, so we're going to go ahead and give our rankings. So Ryan and I each rank them independently, so we're going to go ahead and give you those lists. Let's just go ahead and have you go from 10 down to 1, Ryan, or do you okay. want me to go first? I'll go first. All right, so yeah, instead of us interjecting back and forth, it'll yeah. get very confusing. Yes. Ryan, go ahead and give your ranking 10 down to 1. Yeah, and maybe we can put it in the bio or whatever. Yes. So. 
Um, yeah, so it would be, the last one is clearly Hellblock. It's probably the worst one I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number nine, I put um, Halloween. Number eight, I had Deadman's Pier. And, like, that is brutal because they're all so good. Yeah. That it was so strange that Deadman's Pier ended up so low. Yeah, don't worry, Ryan. The pitchforks <laughs> will be coming for you. Later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Seven is, uh, is Blumhouse. And then six is Descendants of Destruction. Five is the Fiesta of Chupacabra. Four is the Universal Monsters. Three is the Spirit of the Coven. Two is the Weekend. And one is Bugs Eaten Alive. All right. So, uh, Ryan, is there anything in particular that helped you kind of rank this? Why you rank something like Bugs so high sure. versus one of the other houses? Well, I just thought Bugs was so creative and interesting, really, that it was um, it was really interesting to have like that Fallout feel. And, and really, I think the big thing that I think that me and AJ might uh, might have like major differences on is that generally, um, I am I rank them really high on like the scariness factor, right? Yeah. And I think that's where our biggest difference might be. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think that that's ultimately the big difference because I I do when you hear my list, I go a little bit more for the aesthetic sure. over the scariness. Sure. And, and and as kind of my mindset, I go through these houses probably ten times each over the course of the event, at least. Mm-hmm. And when you go through them so often, I like to have things to constantly be figuring out or learning from as I sure. go through them. So I don't always feel the scariness transfers overnight tonight, but the aesthetics always transfer over, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. So there'll be some times where I have a good run on something, but the aesthetics... Um, are the thing that puts it over the top versus if I have a bad run, I can still enjoy them. Yeah. So, um, I think it's also based on how different we do the event. Yeah. Where I get the, the tickets, or the, the frequent fear, and I come and do it ten times a year, and right. you come for a weekend, yep. and you're able to do it quick and dirty, Yeah. the scariness should be higher for sure. you, because you yeah. don't have to worry about doing yeah. bugs 25 times. <laughs> Which I would if I lived here. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> All right, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and go through my list. Unfortunately, number 10, Hellblock Horror. Number 9, Universal Monsters. Number 8, The Blum House. Number 7, Descendants of Destruction. Number 6, uh, Halloween. Number 5, Spirits of the Coven. Number 4, Fiesta de Chupacabra. Number 3, Bugs Eaten Alive. Number 2, The Weekend. And number 1 for me is Dead Man's Pier. Mm -hmm. So, again, this goes back to... I love the aesthetics, and it's yeah. a top five house for me all time in terms of aesthetics, yeah. and more or less gets ushered towards the top of my list. Yeah, I think that's our biggest discrepancy is Deadman's Pier. Yes. At eight and one. Right? Yes. So, <laughs> because we have so much discrepancy, I did a quick, a, I did some quick addition to figure sure. out, you know, if we were to collectively combine our rankings, huh. where would stuff fall? Sure. So, our collective number 10 with 20 points is Hellblock Horror, and by the way, when I say the amount of points, we are playing golf rules, yeah. so your lower number is better. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Hellblock Horror is our, we both ranked it 10th. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't really have much to go from there. Mm-hmm. We then drop all the way down to 15 points. We have a tie between Halloween and Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. The next one uh, is going to be another tie between Universal Monsters and Descendants of Destruction. So you kind of see some of these tiers starting to emerge. Mm -hmm. Again, another tie at nine points. We have Fist of the Chupacabra and Dead Man's Pier. Mm -hmm. Then Spirits of the Coven at eight, uh, with with eight points. And then our top two houses tied again, uh, The Weekend versus, uh, versus Bugs. Both of them, we four combined points. four points each. Yeah. So, yeah, that I mean, it's if we have to, tiering, yeah. if you have to have a tiebreaker, Ryan put Bugs at number one. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that would be a yeah. fair, ter- uh, a fair uh, tiebreaker. Yeah, if we had the P- Dead Man's Pier tiebreaker with a nine. You had them at number one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think overall, I think we're very happy with the houses. I think yeah. nothing. I really do feel like this is an all-timer in terms of like the quality of houses mm-hmm. being so deep that I think it helps HHN 31 really stand out right. in that regard. And speaking of it being a really deep event, we still have the scare zones to talk about. So, <laughs> again, I think this is an extremely deep... Yes. I, I had trouble ranking these yeah. straight up. So there are five scare zones... Let's go ahead and just knock, I think, our collective five out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horrors of Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only it's real always... downside is that it's a mashup yeah. of all the other scare zones, yep. 
and the other scare zones have the opportunity to dig deeper into these characters. Yeah, it's really not a it's really not a scare zone. It's more of like a photo op. Yeah, yeah you get like the pumpkin lord and the mm-hmm. giant Halloween Horror Nights uh, sign. Sign, and then some characters in there from each of the scare zones, but also people in stilts. It's more of like a way to get you, usher you into the park and like get you excited. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the next one up is Sweet Revenge, mm-hmm. uh, featuring our fun little... What was, is Not it? Major Sweets? Yeah, Major Sweets. <laughs> uh, absolutely fun. Yeah. Like Like fall festival vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes place in the 1950s, which I think is actually part of the reason Ryan may not like it as much as I do. Sure. Uh, is because of the musical choices don't really match up with the right. rest of the event. Yeah, and I, I would say, like, we kind of talked about it, like, if they did some rockabilly, yeah. it would have been fun, but they did, like, um, what is it called, like, Sandman, yeah, like, which is, like, kind of a creepy song, but it's, like, you know, it's kind of cutesy, yeah, like, a little fun, bit. Um, there was other ones, too, but I think if they did, like, rockabilly mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it would have been a lot more um, applicable to what was going on there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard, because I'm, like, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Sure. I just I, I do agree that the music just doesn't feel quite right, right. for the area. I, I ultimately again get so swayed by the aesthetics of the yeah. location. Like I love the floats. I love yeah. how many different characters there are roaming through yeah. that area. Like there, there's just so many different types of characters. Right. You have the giant baby mascot. Yeah. You have all the chit kids. Yeah. The axe coming back and forth between yeah. the kid holding it or putting it back on the. Yeah, the axle just randomly be missing from Mas- uh, Major Sweet's uh, truck. Yeah. And so it's like either there sometimes, and sometimes it's it's some uh, character has it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just think that the overall, how like, the whole area seems cool. It is the one that I think might translate most directly over to a house. Yeah. In terms of sheer variability of how many different characters they had. I agree. I think that that is a huge positive for it. And somebody like like our Mr. Sweets guy, mm-hmm. could potentially be somebody who runs a house someday, yeah. like as a pseudo-icon for an area. Yeah. So if we're looking for our next HR Blood and Guts, yeah. he may be in the scare zone right now. No, I agree. Yeah, I think that scare, gun, that scare zone translates into a house pretty easily. Yeah. I guess the, the big story is what? That the candy's turning these trick-or-treaters mad? Is that like the More story? More or less, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, and then, yeah, and then they kill all the parents. Right. So, yeah, give them Pretty kids cool. the candy, you know? <laughs> uh, I, the one thing I did like that they did different than, than most years is they had, like, photo ops. Like, yeah, like really le- legitimate cool. photo spots for yeah. it. Um, I also think that the, <gasps> like, the candied heads was yeah. a very unique, yeah. even in the context of this style like we've seen bodies strung up before in yes. a thousand places and we will in other scare zones on this list i think that it had some pretty unique uh body usage yeah i yeah. agree i agree all right the next one up is conjure the dark it takes place during the very first halloween mm-hmm. as a witch conjures the darkest elements of the world yeah and weirdly it's like tolkien-esque yeah it's got some real cool monsters. It also seems to borrow from Legend, mm-hmm. the Tim Curry movie where he plays the devil. Okay. There's a lot of like cool yeah. facial prosthetics and masks going on in this area. Absolutely. Surprising to me, honestly. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. I liked that they were playing like speed metal through the whole thing. Basically. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> so, and I love the witch. I love the the characters that were in there. Mm-hmm. That they were varied. They kind of had the like multi eyed, multi dimensional like Lovecraftian creatures. Yes, but also like the goblins and the devils and the witch. Like mm-hmm. that was a really cool area. It's really small, and I think they packed it in pretty well. I will say that that area is where the bottlenecks always pop up after yeah. you leave the show. When we left the show, we didn't have a bottleneck in no, that area, no. which is like the strangest thing. Yeah. So even though I think it's got a lot of set pieces, mm-hmm. they're spread out enough where they're not actually blocking the path. Yeah. And it ends up being a huge help for that house. No, absolutely. Or for that scare zone. Yeah, and I, I really would like them to do some of these cultural things like they did with the like Chupacabra, where they dig mm-hmm. into other like folk horror. Yes, because I, I do agree with you. It is very folk horror in the sense that it, it feels very pagan. Yeah. And... That would be fun for them to definitely dig deeper into. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Our next one out up is going to be Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I have forgotten the surname on it. I know. <laughs> it's Scarecrow. Yeah, Scarecrow Curse Soil. Okay. So, uh, abandoned farm, Scarecrow's running in the 
Asylum. What do you think? It was cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I liked the um, the southern sort of feel to it. I feel like yes. they had not done... Like, we had, like, a Louisiana with... Uh, what was it? With Dead Waters. Dead Waters, that's yeah. right. But there hasn't been, like, really, like, a southern sort of vibe. Well, right. I think that that was a good point that you made. Because Scarecrow the Reaping, when we had it at HHN, I think it was 26 or 27. Sure. That house it was, was very much in the, like... Well, it was very much, yeah, it was, like, in the Midwest, yeah. and it was very, like, the Dust Plains, yeah. and I agree that this one did feel closer to something like a Georgia plantation, yeah. almost. Yeah. Especially when you add in, like, obviously the corn monsters, <laughs> which, corn. I mean, they, they cursed us. We're going to have a hurricane here now, because they brought corn back to the event. <laughs> There's like, hey God, we're not gonna plant corn, but we're gonna have a corn character, and he's like, no <laughs> loopholes, guys. So cool uh, hopefully is- everything is gonna go well, yeah. and then I don't have to cut this out of the podcast later <laughs> because of <laughs> because some this tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that uh, ultimately. I think this is a very cool zone. Yeah. I think there's, a, again, nice variation among characters. This is the odd house to scare zone transition. Sure. Which we don't really see very often. Right. And I think that it still works perfectly fine. Yeah, I agree. I like the pig man. I like the corn pig creature. <laughs> I like the, like, uh, teeth, smiley teeth creature. Yes. That one was really cool. I think that they also, using the banded almost like slats where then all of a sudden corn man could pop out of nowhere yeah got me multiple times yeah (laughs) i was very frustrated by how often i got got i don't know where that man found that thing that like skewer of corn that was was another thing we definitely saw a corn man (laughs) luring people to come closer to him with an actual ear of corn (laughs) where he got the actual ear of corn is a mystery to me but also why would those people walk towards it? Even I know you're in a theme park, and in theory you're in HHN, but there's just like a little too much like Pennywise vibes coming yeah. off that corn dude. Yeah. Like I don't know, maybe you. I only saw it that one time too. It was it was a very cool yeah, little cool. moment that we saw for sure. Uh, yeah, there's way better than I was expecting. I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then our last scare zone: graveyard, deadly unrest. Ryan, I'm going to go ahead and let you take the floor of this one. Yeah, definitely the coolest scare zone I've seen in a very long time. Like, yeah. very super cool. They, the, the diversity of characters, Again. the set pieces, everything like that. The the fact that there was explained to us that it's, there's two of those, like, those gorgiles, and one is uh, one is death and one is sleep. Yes. Like, that is so So then the cool. brothers death and sleep, and yeah. then there's, like, a story. If, yeah. you, if you sit in that zone for a while, you hear the story playing around you. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, and I like there, there was, you know, similar to um, the uh, Deadman's Pier, they had, like, the, the neon faces, but yep. they could turn the black light on and off inside their masks. Yeah, and a lot of them look like wraiths yeah. for part of that night, but also if they turned them on, they yeah. were also terrifying. Yes. Yeah, and then there was one that I didn't see very often, but it was one of those wraiths, but it was a skeleton attached to the top of it. <laughs> so yeah, Ryan, you had mentioned you found like a coin. Yeah, I found a coin in like an offering dish, basically, when I was just taking pictures. So on day two, I generally go back around and take pictures of the random uh, stuff at the event, and I found a coin, and it says that it's just the, the evergreen cemetery coin. And it's got a big giant V on it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I, I was wondering if it has anything to do with the Legendary Truth stuff. Uh-huh. Because obviously that's something they've been playing into a lot. Sure. I mean, even last year they had case files. Yeah. You had, um, especially over in the in the Tribute Store this year, which, by the way, is themed after an old dark ride. They're Very selling cool. the the Legendary Case Files with Boris Schuster. Yeah. Uh, Boris is now in the parks in the streets as one of the, like, owners of That's one awesome. of the storefronts. So That's really cool. We're definitely leaning heavily into that now. Yeah. It feels like that might be significant. Sure. Or it might just be us being uh, <laughs> overly, <laughs> overly conspiracy-minded mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. HHN fans. Mm-hmm. All right, so those are the five scare zones. Ryan, how would you rank your scare zones? Uh, Graveyard is number one. And right. then number two, I had Conjure the Dark. Okay. Then number three, I had Scarecrow. Four, I had Sweet Revenge. And then five, it was the Horror of Halloween. All right. And then I'm going to go ahead and rank them down. Uh, my number one was also Graveyard Deadly Unrest. 
Uh, I then go Scarecrow at number two. I go Sweet Revenge at three. Conjure the Dark at four. And Horrors of Halloween at five. If we were to go ahead and average those out, Graveyard of the Dark obviously wins as getting both of our ones. Mm -hmm. uh, Horrors of Halloween is our five, getting both of our fives. Yeah. And then in the middle, it's kind of a bit of a mix. Uh, but it ends up going in order Scarecrow, Conjure, Sweet Revenge. Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. yeah, I, I think that ultimately, again, these are four scare zones that I think are among my all-time favorites. Yeah, they're really like, good. It is all happened to be the same event. Yeah, absolutely. So, there was nothing that was like weak this year. There was no weak scare zones. So, with that in mind, which of these do you think is most likely going to transition into a house in the future? Graveyard easily. You think graveyard easily? Graveyard easily and into a into a. So the only reason why I'm going to push back on you on that sure. is that the one year you did not come to HHN because uh -huh. you were in South Korea mm -hmm. was the year they did a graveyard house. Mm. So that good. It was great. Okay. It was actually I, I love the graveyard house that they did. Sure. But so the only reason why you might not see it is because they did it recently. Recently ish, like sure. it, I feel like this was different, but I mean I don't remember all of the details of that house either. So maybe. Maybe it wasn't as good as I remember. I don't sure. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, but no, HHN twenty nine definitely had a graveyard house. Yeah. So um, I think I mean obviously the the one that's probably going to come into a house is Sweet Revenge and Major Sweets makes a bigger yes. push here. It feels like the thing with with that in particular is I'm assuming that we are going to get a lot of just crossover in the future. Yeah. Like, every year, get Major Sweets candy in some fashion. Yeah. It, it feels like the creation of an original IP... Right. ...or an original character for the event. Yeah. The same way that Pumpkin Lord rose up. Yeah. The same way that Little Boo is now all over the place. Right. The same way that Earl the Squirrel is everywhere now, <laughs> every season. Sure. Uh, they're just starting to do... to do more of these. Right. So, and uh, just to confirm, by the way, the... Uh, house was called Graveyard Games. Okay. So that was the one that you missed. Got it. Uh, but I don't think it was the same... The pictures of characters? Uh, let me see. I'm not seeing any... But it's definitely not the same... Uh, no, different. It was the different. Ascension Parish Cemetery. Yeah. So different cemetery, okay. for sure. So Interesting. Yep, definitely something to keep in mind. Maybe we'll go ahead and we'll watch our walkthrough later and you can... Yeah, these are different character designs, yeah, though. much different character designs. Yeah, so this is more ghoulish, more... Like, because they're, like, zombie-ish. Exactly. Yeah. More, more more, more skulls. Yeah. Way more skulls. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they'll bring it back in that regard by having it be slightly different. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that is Graveyard Games. That is... Uh, just a, kind of a look back at HHN 29. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan, that was the year you missed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so with all of that said, uh, we also have two other things to quickly review. There's the Ghoulish show, and then there is All of the Fire show. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not the real name of the event, by the way. <laughs> it was like Nightmare uh, Fuel. It is Nightmare <laughs> Fuel. Yeah. So what did you think of Nightmare Fuel? I liked it. Um, very similar to last year's. Um... I liked it though. I, I felt like it was um, a lot more leathery, like BDSM, like leather. <laughs> a little bit, like, a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah. like, uh, in, in a weird way, less less sexy, but more sexual. Like, <laughs> strangely, yes. Yeah. I think that one of the things there they repeat a couple of the gags. Sure. Like the laying down in bed, and then the different gender right. person pops out. Yep. You know, that's it's a cool effect. Yes. Uh. No, no harm, no foul on that nope. front, but it is still something I'm like, okay, but like, can we do something different? Yeah. Like, so it was a little bit too much of similar for my for my thinking. Yeah. But uh, it still is a cool show it's and cool fire show. Yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, I've they always... promised more fire. <laughs> it did say it, it is nightmare fuel wildfire. Uh, I I don't know. I feel like it was only like like moderate fire. Yeah. It was either the same or less fire than last year. Like, right. <laughs> I, I would also say that, like, take my opinion on this with a grain of salt. Sure. Because I'm always the negative Nancy on these things. Mm -hmm. uh, I usually do not enjoy the dance shows. Sure. So if Ryan is saying he likes it, and I'm saying I'm like, meh, then that means you're probably closer to Ryan on sure. this. Because was like, AJ, these are great. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I can take it or leave it. Uh, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're good. They're, they're fine. I mean, I wouldn't go, if you have one night to go to Halloween Horror Nights, don't do the shows. 
Yeah, especially if it's at the expense, it's better to do the houses. Houses, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then Ghoulish, A Halloween Tale. This is a nice, quick 10-minute show. Mm-hmm. Fun pop music. Uh, that's really all I can say about it. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. I liked it. Yep. I thought it was better than last year's. Yes, I would agree it's better than last year's. Uh, you have some, obviously, The weekend pops in. Right. Uh, the other song that I remember very distinctly was Disturbia mm-hmm. from Rihanna yep. playing. So there's definitely some really cool tracks in there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some fun visuals as well. Right. And I think they just like focus on the camp of that one, which is fun. Instead yes. of it being scary, like last year it had to be scary. And there had right, to be yeah, last year it's like, ah, oh, chainsaws, and Jack's back, and mayhem. <laughs> yeah. And also Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this year they're like, hey, let's like do like the complete opposite of yeah. last year's. Yeah, absolutely. So... And I also think it's good to have that stand in stark contrast yeah. to Nightmare yes. uh, Fuel because you have the dark, yeah. like, fire on one side, and yeah. on the other side you have, like, hey, let's have a dance party. Yeah. And so that the, does represent two different ideas for the event. Yeah, so I agree. All right. And just a couple other small things that we kind of hit up over the night and over the last couple days. We were able to make it to the Dead Coconut Bar. Yeah. Uh fucking awesome yeah it was really really cool like I, I have nothing else to say but positive things I hope yeah. they do that every year yeah because it was a cool vibe yep it had some cool drinks yep and it just looked boss as shit yeah absolutely real drinks not out of the like uh the re, 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 like slurry yeah, machine yeah it's the slurry machine it's like a bartender made bartender made that drink and you actually felt it after you drank it like yeah. <laughs> Thank God we went and got hot dogs afterwards yeah. and like soak up the alcohol. Yeah. Uh, de- so yeah, definitely if you have time, carve out the time to go to the Dead Coconut. It doesn't open till five, sure. so you either have to do it while you're waiting for the opening event to go, or you have to do it during the night, during the event, take ten minutes out, walk out there, have a drink, and then come back to the park later. Yep. It, it might be worth it if it gets a little busier later in the night, to be honest, if you're going to stay the whole day. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing was the food. Mm-hmm. Food and drink this year, I think, had Great. a huge step up. Yep. Uh, we even had a Meats Meats. Yeah. Uh, which had the best food. That was the best food I had. Like, the best I food tried to have day. almost everything. Uh, yeah, Ryan, Ryan actually got to quite a bit of yeah, it. Yeah, like, I think there was only two two things I did not... I mean, the pizza fries, it's the same thing every year. I mean, yeah, the, fact, the fact that we like weren't even concerned about the pizza fries <laughs> yeah. tells you how much food they had available to yeah, us. Yeah, so... Like, we weren't even stopping in the regular restaurants, because no. normally, in years past, Ryan and I would take ten minutes, right. sit in... Or we take an hour yeah. uh, hanging out in the Monster's Cafe, yep. eating whatever food they were serving up. Exactly. There was no way I was going to do that this no. year, because all the food, the food all over the so park good. was so much better. The one I didn't try that I really wanted was the mac and cheese with the like ribs on top or whatever. Yeah. So that was good. Um, and the the, ma- the big one that... Another one was the Chucky Burger, but that's just so big. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that was like a meal. Like, yep. <laughs> yep. I just like couldn't do... I was like, the rest of it was pretty snacky. But the Meats Meats Chicken was the best. Yes. Um, and then I think that the I think that the second best thing I had might have been the, the hot dog. So... I would also go as far as to say that, like, I don't really drink alcohol very much. Sure. They had a lot of good options on yeah. the table, and even somebody who doesn't like beer, sure. the Ecto beer was, was good? pretty awesome. Yeah, I drank a lot of the drinks, um, and they were they were really expensive. And like I, while you were doing the two, I had like three or four drinks, and I was like not even like slightly well, buzzed. I'm sorry that you <laughs> hold your alcohol, Ryan. Unlike some people. Uh, so yeah, but it was overall it, again. It goes back to HHN becoming a more complete experience. Yeah. Every year, and them having the two shows, the Dead Coconut having food and drinks that are unique all over the entire park. Yep. That only adds to the fact that there's cool things to do at this event, even if you don't go into the houses themselves. It's making it a more appealing event overall. Yeah. It may mean it gets more crowded. We all kind of have to be prepared for that. Sure. But we also love this, and if being more crowded means they can afford to spend as much money on the production design in the houses like they did this year, I mean, it really did, especially after HHN 30, which... I really enjoyed. Sure. But it did feel like it was missing some stuff. Yeah. This was a huge bounce back year. This might no, be my favorite year since 25. Yeah. This is a great year. The big thing that I, I wonder is when, in all our years going, like, how many times did it, like, sell out? 
right? Like not often. We usually we usually don't see sellout. Yeah, especially when we go. Yeah, because we usually don't go the opening weekend. Mm -hmm. I did this year. It sold out this year. Wow. Um, And then then it was all the way up at Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, And then. On top of that, it sold out on one of our nights this year, which yeah. is, it never happens. So when we go we in like late September, and we didn't we didn't go Saturday, but it sold out Saturday too. So it's all Friday and Saturday. Yeah. So yeah. So Thursday was much more bearable. Like, yes, definitely. <laughs> Friday was clearly sold out. Yes, <laughs> it was so crowded around nine o'clock. Yeah, I mean, like there was a point in time on Thursday night when Halloween hit an. 110 minute wait. Yeah. That was just like, oh my God. <laughs> now, something to keep in mind, we were able to do all 10 houses on the first night. Mm-hmm. We did have Express. However, we only started using our Express after lines got well over an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to do five houses before we had to start using the Express. Right. So that should tell you a lot of how manageable the event is and we also left early yeah we did not stay till the end because if you yeah the, if you wait till about one o'clock yes then the crowds die down again yes exactly so, if we had waited till if we had been there till one o'clock yeah we could have done every house twice yes like exactly. and without waiting in the lines I, I would say you know to the people that ask like do you need express i would say if you if you do it strategically and you go to the mm-hmm. stay and scream and you do it strategically you may not need the express to do everything yeah, I would if agree. If you stay the full, the full six to two, <laughs> right. And then on the flip side, if you want to ensure you do everything, right, get, get the, the express, express. Right. because the the express. I mean, like I said, we were done by eleven o'clock, and we could have gone and done the shows at that point. Yeah, and instead we chose to do four more houses. Yes, <laughs> like so when your final total still comes out to fourteen, fifteen houses, right? Then clearly you didn't need it. Yes, um, and again we still left at like. One o'clock in the morning instead yeah. of staying until it, two. It, it makes it it makes the event a lot more fun to have the express. It does. Yeah, it just it just <laughs> does. It's impossible to ignore. Yeah. It is pricey. Like I yeah. can't even argue against that. <laughs> but also, I mean, I say shit. I save money like, for the event all year, pretty much. Like <laughs> exactly, and that's how you kind of have to view it as a once a year big expense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. All right, so that was Halloween Horror Nights thirty one. One I mean, more thing I want to talk about before we end. Let's do this. Um, the Pumpkin Lord being only in one spot, being a sort of icon, and not yeah. really having him throughout the park, not having his own house. I, we were kind of talking about it earlier, but like I kind of am okay with it. Like not I'm okay forcing with it as well. a house, yeah. not forcing a house, not forcing him to be like center stage everywhere. Yep. But like, oh, he's present. It's a cool photo op. But like, we're gonna make the event more about the event. Rather than an icon. Yes, I would agree. Uh, because in years past, we've seen icons have shows. We've right. seen icons have their own houses. Right. So they're just like double, tripling, quadrupling up on the yeah. on a single person. Yeah. Uh, that also does open you up to some questionable things that may happen if, God forbid, some questions pop up about a performer's integrity or something sure. like that. I know that has happened in years past. Sure. I don't know details about that. Uh-huh. But I do know it has occurred. And so I, I do think that maybe limiting Universal's exposure on that front is a smart idea. Sure. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, I think that having only one Pumpkin Lord kept the attention there. He is still ever-present throughout the entire event because yeah. he is so popular yeah. that you could not go more than 200 feet before mm-hmm. you saw another Pumpkin Lord shirt anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> definitely one of the better parts of the event is how much people bought in on him as an icon. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's HHN 31 the year 2022 is in the books. Uh, we'll definitely be back next year doing it again. Yep. But uh, any other thoughts on the event, Ryan? No, I had a lot of fun. This might be the top Halloween Horror Nights that I've been to in the last, like, what, five, six years? Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's pretty undeniable how good this one is. If you have been on the fence for the last couple of years, this is definitely one to jump back in on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. With that, I'm AJ. And I'm Suki Ryan. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace out. Peace out.